This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, The character myth relies on the psychological phenomenon that a person who speaks frequently and passionately about morals is generally regarded as a moral person. According to the character myth, a person who demonstrates that he has quote-unquote character needs not present any evidence in support of his policies or decisions. They are simply assumed to be correct since they come from a person with the ineffable quality known as quote-unquote character. End quote. And those are the words of author and clinical psychologist Dr. Renana Brooks. Dr. Brooks received her doctorate in clinical psychology from George Washington University, and she is a practicing clinical psychologist in Washington, D.C. Now, Brooks is one of those people that it's difficult to find information about, and as such, I can't speak about more than what I can find in her biography on her website. But that said, she's published a number of articles on thenation.com, and one of those articles is the source of today's quote. Brooks published the article in 2003, and it's entitled The Character Myth. It's published at The Nation, so it is certainly a political article. And while this is not meant to be a political podcast, we occasionally do touch the fringes of that third rail-like topic, and today is just such a day, and I think you'll understand why as we go along. The article centers around the character myth, essentially the idea that a person of strong character or high morality can be discerned based almost exclusively on their frequency and passion of speeches about those topics. If that doesn't sound like a politician to you, I don't know what does. And in the article, again written in 2003, Brooks takes aim at then-President George W. Bush on the eve of his eventual re-election. She likens his character flaws to those of Ronald Reagan. Anyone want to guess which side of the aisle Renana stands on? And points out, in spite of overwhelming evidence to the contrary, that both men were not, or are not, the upstanding moralists their followers would have you believe. Okay, that's about as much politics as I ever want to talk here. So you ask yourself, what's the point? Well, naturally, as we often do here, the point is to relate this to ourselves. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, never meet your heroes. Well, this is a common phrase meant to demonstrate that we are better off thinking that our heroes are great than meeting them and finding out that they might kind of suck. And there are countless examples of this over time. So too here. Often we elevate someone in our minds, even in direct opposition to contradicting evidence, to a level that is absurd. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. To be a politician in pursuit of public office, you must have a degree of self-importance. You must believe that you can do it better than anyone else. And often this shows through in politicians' attitudes towards others. Power at any cost, and absolute power corrupts absolutely, and many other cliche, but true, phrases exist about this very phenomenon. And there are two main directions I want to explore briefly here. One is about others, and the second is about ourselves. And before I do that, I want to take a second and go back over the quote once more. The quote is good, the quote is challenging, and try not to let the fact that it's based around a political stance dissuade you from continuing to absorb what it has to teach us. Because it does have a lot. It's not to say that all political discourse is bad. In fact, you may be listening to this and wondering why I avoid the topic so much. And the answer is because words in and of themselves are not political. 
They're not designed to be political. We use them to advance ourselves into positions of power and maintain those positions of power through politics. I don't want this podcast labeled as a political podcast. What I want is this podcast to be the preeminent authority on words. Words from both sides of the aisle, from all socioeconomic status rungs, across generations, every gender, all nationalities. If the words are good, I want to bring them to you. So that is why I avoid spending time on politics. So this quote, while it comes from an article with a political stance, if you read the article itself, you'll see. But think about just this quote. Imagine you didn't know that about the author. Imagine that instead we're just talking about character. And I brought this to you as an example and attributed it to somebody completely different. Whoever you might like. Politician or not. Imagine that. Here are the words again for you to consider. Quote, The character myth relies on the psychological phenomenon that a person who speaks frequently and passionately about morals is generally regarded as a moral person. According to the character myth, a person who demonstrates that he has, quote, character, need not present any evidence in support of his policies or decisions. They are simply assumed to be correct, since they come from a person with the ineffable quality known as character, end quote. First, let us discuss others. I take a cautious and skeptical look at anyone that people simply describe as moral or possessing of character, and I argue that you should too. We ought to be skeptical of those in elevated positions, be they bosses, doctors, church leaders, politicians, or arguably anyone famous purported to be of, quote, the highest moral quality and fabric. We ought to be skeptical of that. We ought to look, as the masses do, upon these people who we have put in elevated positions, whether through accolades or accomplishment or physical talent or power of speech. They've risen to an elevated position. They deserve the scrutiny that comes with that position. It's part and parcel of we should be skeptical of giving them more power than they ought to have. And often we give them more power than they ought to have. See any political discourse in which actors or athletes get involved. It's not to say shut up and do your job. I do not mean that in any way, shape, or form. Everybody has a right to speak about what they choose to speak about. However, we do not have an obligation to give them more credence than they deserve simply because they are good at something. Just because you are an athlete or an author or a poet, or a singer, of high acclaim does not mean that I have to give over my ability to think rationally, going back to last week's episode, to you just because of your position. And you shouldn't do this either. We should be skeptical. Until proven otherwise. We should feel justified in holding people to whom we've given these elevated positions to account for the things that they say and do. That that's okay that people can be and are opinionated, but that success in one area does not necessarily beget success in another. Now, if those acts are proven out, if somebody who has a firm stance perpetuates that stance and shows with their actions to back up that stance, then yes, by all means, give them the credence they deserve at that point. But don't by default just give them credence. Be skeptical. How often has it turned out to not be the case? Right? Simply type the word disregard, followed by a profession of your choice, into any search engine, and the internet will gladly vomit up a list of people who have doubtlessly had hundreds, thousands, or more people at one time thinking very highly of them, possibly even evangelizing them to others. Growing up, as an example, Bill Cosby was that guy. He was America's dad. 
And if you don't know what he did to fall from grace, well, you should. Now, is this the byproduct of fame? I don't know, perhaps. Perhaps some of it. I'd venture to say that we all have our moral and character shortcomings. I talked about mine last week. Not my only one, but one of mine. But that most of us are wildly insignificant enough in the grand scheme of the world that our actions aren't scrutinized the way those who possess fame are. You've likely snuck one by the goalie, so to speak, a time or two, that, had you been famous with all eyes on you, would have resulted in your own fall from grace. Perhaps you drove a little bit too drunk that one time, or multiple times. Perhaps you took that one thing that you shouldn't have done. Perhaps you lied a little on a job application. Perhaps you said something a little bit off-color. All of those things, said in the ambiguity of unimportance, don't really amount to a whole lot, other than your own internal character flaw, something that you can address. But if you're on the world stage, and all eyes are on you, with millions of followers, and you're on TV, and giving speeches, and constantly before a broad audience that's looking at you as a hero, and you fall short in one of those areas, you're likely to be chastised, if not completely dethroned, as a result. And make no mistake, this is not a value judgment against the rich and famous. Maybe politicians, but whatever. Rather, they are all subjected to a microscope, which us common folks are not. Where they actually run afoul is when they are in positions presenting themselves and demanding of others moral inculpability, only to be found steeped in moral turpitude that we really feel socially miffed. And rightfully so. Don't stand in front of me and preach about how one should be a certain way and then turn around and do the exact opposite, and expect me to not be upset by that. Nor should I stand in front of you and claim to be a certain way, only to be found to be the opposite, without you being upset by that. So be wary of fame, especially fame which directs behaviors that are not represented tangibly in the presenter. And as promise, secondly, let's look at ourselves. As I've said, we are flawed creatures, every one of us. Yes, you, my perfect listener, you are flawed. Sorry you had to hear it from me, but it's true. The question to ask ourselves is where we fall short. Now granted, nearly all of us, as I've said, are globally insignificant, but not locally insignificant. If you're a parent, you're a child's everything. I guess that is until they discover Netflix or whatever. And if you're a partner to someone, you mean a ton to them, and they'd be devastated to lose you. If you're a coworker, a boss, a participant, or even an attendee to something, and nearly all of us are, you play an important role. And thus, in playing those important roles, be careful to back up your words with deeds, especially in the area of morality. There's an old leadership adage that I like which says, leading yourself is the hardest form of leadership there is. And this may or may not be true, it may or may not be an actual quote from someone that I can attribute, who knows, maybe I'll do an episode about it one day, but consider how easy it is to often guide or cajole or outright order others to do things while we, ourselves, often struggle to do simple tasks like curb our consumption, go to bed earlier, or to work out. Those are individual moral failings, and we ought to avoid them. So, we are imperfect, and so are those in power. Look skeptically at both. One, you simply can't control. The only thing you can do is tread lightly around them and not ascribe too much trust and confidence without warrant. The other, you, you can absolutely control. Ensure your deeds match your words. Ensure you aren't leading everyone but yourself. 
and ensure that your character, most importantly, is not a myth. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.